celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405. It's toll free to you right now for the dream team. Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? Oh, I got all kinds of things going on here. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out. Dressing up your dog. Oh, no. We all dress up our dogs. No, we right? don't. It's yes, we do. <laughs> oh, yes, we, we do. do. Oh, yes, You're we do. You're outnumbered, Hal. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, we dress them up, but now a big controversy over whether we should bling them out. Oh, you mean put jewelry on them, accessorize jewelry. them. Okay. Accessorizing your dog. Maybe, maybe not. Big controversy surrounding pop star Lady Gaga and her beautiful French bulldog Asia, Uh-oh. who she pictured recently looking stunning. But a lot of people say, yeah, well, so what? It looks good. You shouldn't do it. Hey, I've dressed up my cat. I've dressed up like Lady Gaga. My cat likes to be dressed up. I've tried to dress my cat. It didn't turn out well. Oh, I put a little red cape on him at Holly, uh, Halloween, <laughs> and he struts around and goes to the door, and he just... He I think he was going to the stuff. door trying to run away. I'm well. just saying. <laughs> when I've done it, I've ended up with these red <laughs> streaks down my arms. <laughs> Joey Volani, the dog father, what are you working on for today? Um, your, pets, your pets swimming in um, the pool, the ocean, the lake, and... How are you going to deal with their coats afterwards when they come out? Mm, okay, I've always wondered about that, especially the swimming pool, so I'll ask you about that. Coming up right here on Animal Radio, first it's all about you. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, line four, and Brian. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, doing well. How can we help you today? Well, I have a uh, black lab mix that I got from the uh, shelter, and she is a wonder. She's about three years old now. And uh, very well, you know, went to uh, obedience training with her and learned how to, you know, sometimes you got to train the uh, people to train the dog. Oh, yeah. So I learned, I learned all <laughs> the steps to, uh, and she's wonderful, can teach her to do the paper, sit, stay. She has this odd behavior, maybe this is more common than, than uh, I think, but she likes to, uh, if there's other dogs, like we go to a friend's house and uh, take the dog with us and... Uh, in the backyard, if they find, uh, she finds feces from the other dogs, she wants to rub her head in it. Ooh, and, oh, lovely. And then come running back and show us how proud she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't oh. eat it or, you know, anything. It's almost like she wants to say, you know, doesn't do it in her own yard. Of course, we clean everything up as quick as we can. Uh-huh. But she, she never does it uh, with her own. Okay. And uh, I guess two questions. Is that unusual? And second, how, how can I help uh, stop the uh, behavior? Yes, uh, it, it actually is not all that unusual. Um, I'd say more dogs tend to actually ingest feces, but there are a good amount of them that will roll in the fecal matter, and they do. They come back so proud and happy about it. And, and it's interesting because there's a lot of behaviors out there. We really don't know why dogs do this. There's a lot of theories out there, and the, some of the theories are that you know they're either masking their scent or they're picking up the scent of a uh, you know where they've been, and they're kind of using that to tell the other pack members where they've been, but we really don't know why. But they enjoy it. They love it. Um, right. So it is kind of a self-rewarding behavior. So uh, gross, definitely. <laughs> I don't right. think anyone would argue with that. The, the hard thing is because it is a self-rewarding behavior, 
um, you have to actually prevent it from beginning in the first place, or you've already lost that ability to train her out of that. So that means the challenge is we have to, in, when she's faced in these situations, we have to do a couple things. One is to try to control her movement. So um, either keep her physically away from the areas where the fecal matter are, or we keep her on a head collar, like a gentle lead harness. And that way, when she kind of gets near the material, you can direct her another way. But we also want to remember we don't, it's not supposed to be about disciplining or correcting her when she does this because that actually is, um, in my eyes, I always kind of compare that to the small toddler or the small child that does something wrong and gets yelled at and is like, ooh, I got attention, you know, you know, negative attention is still attention. So they're still rewarding the behavior. So we ignore it. We don't say, no, 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 don't do that. You actually look for something else we can motivate her with at that time. And the best thing is if you have a combination of the head collar and something else. So I will use squeaky toys. I'll use toys, treats, frisbees, whatever she really digs, um, other than the fecal matter. <laughs> use that as the alternate uh, toy or behavior. So um, it is hard, especially if you're over at a friend's house and they're kind of doing doggy fun and playing and rolling in that. Um, but it, it means just kind of taking control of the situation and not allowing her to do that and okay. uh, give her that outlet. Just fo- follow her when I bring her and kind of control her as uh, she... You know, she doesn't do it all the time, which is also difficult, too, because... Uh, right, yeah, you, you it's an intermittent behavior. She, right, it's intermittent, which is the hardest behavior to try to change, I think. Yeah, now, and when you we were keeping her out of the access, it's uh, not ideal to say, uh, you know, she's running around the yard, she starts to roll in it, and then you try to get her away at, at that point. We really want to maintain physical control, so we want to have her on a leash or a harness. Okay. And, and you can actually even go through little practice sessions with this. You know, go to a neighbor, you know, your friend's house, and have her on that, and, and start doing the, doing a little semi-training away from that. And, uh, you know, that way you can hopefully let her enjoy some of that freedom and that dog play, which is just part of being a dog. Hey, don't knock it till you've tried it, okay? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's doggy perfume. I appreciate all your help. Thanks for listening. 1-866-405-8405 to Animal Radio toll free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, this is Dean Koontz on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit Natural Balance Inc. Get something started. That's the sound of the Commander, Kubota's top-selling zero-turn mower. It's built just the way it sounds, to command lawns, capture attention, and lead the way. So bring on the trees, bushes, flower beds, and water features. 
The Commander's smooth ride, tight turning radius, and deep mower deck delivers outstanding, professional-level cutting performance in all kinds of mowing conditions. You can adjust cutting height on the go with Kubota's exclusive K-Lift deck pedal. Add the optional LED headlights for those days you need to mow your lawn while racing the sun. The Kubota Commander is exclusively available at your friendly local Kubota dealer with a four-year, 300-hour factory warranty and a family-friendly price tag. In fact, the Commander is Kubota's most affordably priced zero-turn mower ever. Kubota Commander Zero-Turn Mowers, built for the best things in life. Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer. Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at Walmart when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil at the everyday low price of $16.47. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September 30, 2014. Go to valvoline-usa.com for more info. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. You can reach out at us. You can reach out at us. You can reach to us. Hey, you can call us at 1-866-405-8405 to any one of the Dream Team. How long, Hal, have you been doing this yes, radio Hal. thing? It's you know it's funny because actually it'll be coming up on thirty years now and I'm getting worse, Progress, progressively worse. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to line seven, and D. Hi, D. Hi, how are you? Very good. How can we help you today? Well, I wanted to ask the doctor about my chow who is totally antisocial, and she's been that way for four years. Uh. Okay. Well, I got this. I've always had chows, and I have about three and then they got old and they died and so this particular one i purchased her out of indianapolis and i spent nine hundred dollars because i was really grief stricken with the loss of the other chow Mm -hmm. and so anyway so this dog was transported to me and she was about eight weeks old and really really beautiful dog but she wouldn't let you touch her She's now, I had told you, this morning, she's about six years old. She's actually about four. She still will not let you touch her. Um, okay. But and she's she always smiles. been this way? Yes. And th- th- since I got her, she smiles at you, and she's a really good dog, and she loves me. I can see it because she smiles, you know, and all that. But the thing is, is that because she's a child, she can't be groomed. I can't need to take her for a shot, you know, when you mm-hmm. have to grab her. The thing is, is that if you, this is the thing I wanted to ask you, if one can get her, because I've been able to get her, and when I trick her and get a hold of her collar and put a chain on her, she sits down, and then you can brush her, because I need okay. to get her to a vet for her shot. But I don't know why this dog, I, I read up, and they said sometimes dogs from these places that breed them for a lot of money, sometimes they're interbred and they're autistic. Well, I mean, it's there's there's definitely, and I would I won't say that veterinary medicine has actually identified an autistic animal because that's we cannot necessarily make that comparison with humans and dogs, but we do know that just because you spend a lot of money or you get a pure breed dog doesn't mean you're getting a dog that is um, free of problems, and definitely some of the purebred lines, you know, 
aren't always the best, and you can inbreed and breed bad traits in. So generally, when I counsel someone, if they're wanting to breed their dog, I look at personality and I look at socialization. That's a very important trait. So we're not a fan of breeding dogs that have a high aggression potential or a fearful uh, potential. Those aren't good traits. Now, whatever happened to her parents or their grandparents beyond that, I don't know. Um, yes. If they had those traits, gosh, it would have been great to, to not breed that further. Now, as yes. far as where you're at now, um, you know, some of where we're at is, is very challenging because when a dog is young and they're puppies, we're in a golden period of socialization. And that really goes up until about they're three, four months old. That's when we want to expose them to things, help to reassure them through their fears, you know, loud noises, new things, vacuum cleaners, new people, other dogs, anything that might be a fearful experience for them. If we experience, if they are uh, exposed to that when they're in that golden period of socialization, then we have the best chance that they're going to become well-adjusted adult dogs. If that isn't the case and we miss that or we recognize there's problems and we don't address them during that time, mm-hmm. that is not the dog's fault. And as no. far as oh, no. th- those behaviors at this point are going to be very challenging to work through. We can do it and we can get some, some, uh, some advances, but we're really talking working with a behaviorist. So I, I'm really not going to be able to give you a trick to say, you know, let's, let's get her, um, subdued. Let's get her to the vet. Let's get her groomed because I think we've got a lot of phobias, a lot of fears that are ingrained after all these years and it is a challenge to work through that. Um, so you know, I, I would think, want- I think they lied to me about her being six weeks old because when they sent her she was pretty big and I think maybe um, she had uh, I don't know maybe she had been uh, mishandled because I pampered the heck out of her like my other uh, dogs and she was just I mean if you put out her hand to her you know and try to grab her she is so frightened and she's been that way since the time she came until now and what I was going to ask your advice is that because I can, um, my husband can trick her. He can sit in a chair and she'll sit beside him and grab her collar. And then I was going to get her groomed because all of a sudden now she wants to come in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so well, I'm thinking about maybe getting, a, a, I don't care about her being groomed, but she's stinky. We live on our ranch and she's mm-hmm. a stinky child right now. What do, what do you think about, um, or no, not having her groomed? Well, it, it all is going to fall into the category of what can we have her tolerate. She sounds like she has a lot of um, adjustment issues with things being done to her um, that she's not comfortable with. She's fearful in those situations, and and I don't like the words tricking her because we are not. It's not a good thing to necessarily trick her. We want to train her, so we want to we want to make a positive association with something that's for her own good. And I'd have to say, for a chow, it does matter that we get them groomed because they have a very dense hair coat and not addressing those things, we can really lead to some serious skin infections. Oh gosh, I could tell you horror stories about, you know, what's underneath that dense coat if it, if it doesn't get addressed. So I would say that we may need to work uh, with a groomer, sometimes even go into your veterinarian. And we do have dogs that come into my office that their social anxiety, their phobias are so bad, we have to sedate them. Or we have to put them under general anesthetic to do some of these things. And the, the whole goal is to do what needs to be done, 
but to not make it a scary experience. So if they need to use drug therapy for that, I'm a fan of that. And we just need to use it in the right hands and use it properly. And, um, you know, have that done so that we can make sure that she's comfortable with the experience, what she doesn't know, doesn't remember, all the better. Um, and then we can see about getting her groomed or even getting her update on her, her wellness exams and vaccinations. So I would say, uh, you know, working with your veterinarian is probably the best thing. Um, some groomers will work on chows that have some fears of uh, grooming, but, um, you know, it does take some work, and a lot of times the veterinarian gets involved in this. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Thank you, oh, Dee, for your call. one 405 Would this be a good situation for a trainer? You know, this really is, and it's it's more than just getting past this grooming episode or, the you know, the desire to go to the vet for the one time. This is something that is impacting um, this dog's life. So, yeah, getting a professional trainer and really working one-on-one um, is, is just the core. 1-866-405-8405. Have you guys seen this little bee viral video? Hatchy and little bee. Hatchy and little bee. They're actually they're in London. I believe it's London. Are they in London? They're in they're in the UK. Do we have a bunch of these books to give away? Uh, we will. Yes. Okay. What what's the deal? Well, the deal is this boy has a rare disease, and oh. it's, there's not that very many of them in the world. And his mother and his father were both in the service, and I guess his parents split up, and so. Oh. This dad, uh, you know, started dating this woman, and she heard about uh, this dog. She was kind of a rescue person herself, and she heard about this uh-huh. dog that somebody tied this dog to a train track. And Oh, God, I know. Yes, yes, it, yes. So you I have do. heard this story. Yeah. Yes, I have. And it got hit, and he yes. lost... He lost his a leg. A back leg. This mom for this little boy saw it online and thought that he would be great for this little boy because he was kind of withdrawn and oh, he was wow. in a wheelchair. And he said that whenever he would go out, he would just pull his hood over his head because people stared oh. at him and he didn't like going out. And they. St- oh. And then he said when he got this dog, they immediately bonded. And he said now when they go out, people stare at him, but they stare at his dog. And it's brought this kid out of his oh, shell and he... He talks about the dog, about, you know, what happened to the dog, why he only has three legs. And they've won a lot of different hero awards and different things. And so who's going to be on with us? We're gonna, we actually got the dad. I wanted to get the, the dad of the dog or the dad of the, the dad of the little boy. The dad of the little boy. Yeah, I wanted to get the oh, stepmother, so but she's working nights and he's in bed. So the only person we that is so was the God, dad. That is so sweet. Okay, well, that that's coming so up in just sweet. a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Very excited about that. Also... Uh, it appears that we have another great hero of the week. This time, uh, somebody helping the vets once again. I love this. Yeah, With- she's helping the vets. Plus, she's taking these dogs that would have otherwise been euthanized. They're in shelters. and She's giving them a second chance as well as giving the vets a second chance. Mm, beautiful. That's on the way uh, right here on Animal Radio. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Vinnie Penn, party animal, coming at you on Animal Radio. Today, a very important topic, naming your pet. Now, I'm an Italian. I don't know if you can ascertain that from the Vinnie thing. Uh, But when it comes to Italians, Italians have a very interesting way of nicknaming people, which uh, you could actually find all of this out in uh, my new book that comes out this summer. But I did have a routine in there or, or, or a chapter in there dedicated to how Italians come up with nicknames. If you're obese, your nickname is tiny. Uh, I, that might be standard ethnicity notwithstanding. Interestingly enough, though, if your name is Frank, 
we're big on alliteration, we Italians, so your nickname might just be Fat Frank. It really depends on your name before we go with the nickname. But there's something about doing the complete opposite. If you're six foot seven, your name is Shorty, unless your name is Tom, in which case you're Tall Tom. Really creative, we Italians. But nonetheless, it does kind of extend itself to the pet realm. If I meet one more ridiculously tiny sweater-wearing dog whose name is Thor, I'm going to lose my mind. Thor is is reserved for Rottweilers, for labs, and even there, it's kind of done to death. We have enough dogs with the same names. If your pet is three pounds or so and, and sleep sleeps in a hearth at the foot of your bed and you take him out to... Uh, him or her out in your pocketbook. Here are some of the names you cannot name that tiny pet. Thor, as I said, Bear, King, Hulk, Orca. Choose a name that fits. At the same time, don't acknowledge the stature at all. Teensy Weensy is really just kind of as annoying. And we all know to stare clear of the human names. Naming your dog or your cat is the most important thing you will ever do. They're going to respond to this name. You might want to try to make it a little unique. Steer clear of human names, names that have anything to do with their stature. If it's a white dog, doesn't need to be named Whitey. If it's a black dog, doesn't need to be named Blackie. Come up with something clever. Your favorite ice cream flavor. You know, here's Rocky Road. All right, what's wrong with that? Your favorite... uh musician well a lot of people do that marley thing that's kind of annoying in and of itself all i'm saying is be creative pay homage to something that has affected you profoundly in your life and don't be so obvious and stop the thors as a matter of fact i want to see if animal radio is going to get behind making t-shirts that has the name thor in a circle with a slash through it no more thor Vinny Fan Party Animal, Animal Radio. Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again. Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. It's Sam Adams Summer Ale Season. I love the summer ale. Cheers. <laughs> Woo, summertime's here. I like the citrus. Crisp and refreshing. It's light. It's not too hoppy. The grains of paradise add a nice little spice to the beer. Smooth, refreshing. It's summertime. Time for Sam Adams Summer Ale. It's perfect. It'd be great for cookouts, spending some time outdoors. This is the experience for a Sam Adams Summer. I could drink that all summer long. It's really a good beer. It really is. Definitely a good summer beer. Brewed especially for summer. Sam Adams Summer Ale. Boss Beer Company, Boston Mass. Take responsibly. Okay, where to? House hunting with this. My phone? With the Realtor.com app. It's going to find us houses in this neighborhood? Yep, just circle the area on the map with your finger and bam, all the homes for sale in that area pop up. Neato. Now what? Make a left and I'll call a Realtor. Okay, but use your phone. I want to play with this app. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. And be sure to work with a Realtor to help guide you through the process. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Here's a surprising summertime fact from Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. 
We all know that irritants like bug bites and poison ivy can make you itch. But what you might not know is how. Actually, it's the histamines your body creates in reaction to these irritants that make you miserable. But now that scratch has met its match. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. Its maximum strength itch medicine blocks your itch-causing histamines fast for long-lasting relief. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. The relief you've been itching for. Use as directed. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Recently we talked about a study that was done to see how many pet owners have had their dog or cat damage or destroy one of their electronic gadgets. Turns out about one in ten of us have. Favorite part of the device? Yeah, it's the power cord. You knew that. The study found that male dogs are 86 times more likely than a female dog to wreck a gadget. So here's the question that comes out of all this. Does your extended warranty cover the pet damage? Well, it turns out in many cases it actually does. This study was done by Square Trade. That's a company that sells extended warranties for electronics. And the company commissioned the study because it was seeing an increase in claims for repairs and replacements for pet-related damage. Cell phones account for almost a third of the damaged devices, the survey found. And the damage happens from a pet knocking the device off a table to making it, well, shall we say, a little less appealing to use. I'll let you work on what exactly that means. Yuck, you're exactly. All right. Orangutans, they are a seriously endangered species, but their survival as a species has just gotten an enormous boost. This is really exciting stuff. This story is just coming out now, but it actually involves a baby orangutan that was born in May at the Leo Zoological Conservation Center in Greenwich, Connecticut. And he is the first baby born who was conceived using assisted reproduction. Now, this is a common procedure in humans, but it's never, ever been tried with a primate before, and it worked. Now researchers are saying it could help save the orangutans as well as other endangered species. Do you dress up your dog? Of course, right? Lots of us do. It seems like an okay thing to do, especially if the dog is into it. What about accessorizing your dog with a little jewelry? Well, pop star Lady Gaga has come under fire from PETA for putting some bling on her dog. She recently showed some pictures on her Instagram page of her French bulldog, Asia, draped in some very sparkly necklaces, bracelets, and clip-on earrings as well. Animal lovers have chimed in, saying it's not fair because Asia doesn't have a choice in the matter and that dogs are beautiful enough without any decorations, which is, of course, true. PETA is saying the best accessory for any dog is a comfortable, secure, and well-fitting harness, bling optional. I don't I don't know why people make such a big deal about putting bling on their pets if it's not anything that's going to hurt the pet. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I've been I've been a groomer now for well, I don't even know how long, but too long. But the bottom line is is I've dealt with a lot of clothing, a lot of jewelry, and of course the haircuts. And the dogs do the ones that like it love it. They show yeah, it off. They do. Yeah. Just like people do. Some people like it, some people don't. If the dog's personality, I mean they strut. I mean uh-huh. miles my mm-hmm. My, my oldest one, if you put a, a, a coat or a sweater on him, he wants to show it off. He wants to go out. He, I mean, he can't wait to put it on. <laughs> you guys so are I don't silly. Know, just, 
All no, three of you are no, silly. No, we're not. It's fine. Silly. For it, the guy who just slept with the kitty for his yeah. dream. We're yeah. silly. <laughs> well, you know, with, with Ladybug, I, I put her hoodie on, and I put her, uh-huh. I just put it over her head, and she picks up her paw and puts it through the right sleeve, and then she puts up her other paw and puts it through the other sleeve. I don't even have she to. She likes it. No, yeah, that she, doesn't mean she likes yeah. it. She knows that she gets a walk if she does that. You've trained her. You've yeah. conditioned her to do that. I like to think she likes All it. All right, Alan. <laughs> she likes it. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You can get more breaking animal news at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update brought to you by doctors foster and smith pet supplies visit fosterandsmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100 satisfaction guaranteed Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Wow, Geico's been saving people money for over 75 years? 75 years? Fancy that. My dearest wife, do you possess knowledge about Geico, making it feasible for society to spend less capital on automobile insurance for over three quarters of a century? Why are you talking like that? We said fancy that, so I was just fancying it. Geico, saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition in excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-789. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. for another hero of the week. I love this. This is my favorite part of the show. I got to tell. Well, next to Me Joey Volani's tip of the week. You like it too? Yeah, I do. It's it's you know what? I mean, you know when you go on Facebook and you hear all this and see all this negative stuff of people abusing pets and all and you see it and you see it and it gets you sick and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden you have someone that's you know doing something good and makes you it makes you feel like there's hope. I love it. Well, today we have animal trainer Clarissa Black. She's joining us. She started as an elephant and a dolphin trainer. Ooh, I'd like to do that. Tra- I'd like to work with both of those training animals. dolphins. That's, yeah, an elephant can't be easy. And now she's training dogs, but she also started a company, a nonprofit, I believe. We'll ask her called Pets for Vets. She's tapped into the therapy values of our dogs for our returning veterans 
But these, some, were some these of, dogs that were just kind of thrown away, though? What, were you were asking they, me? Well, let's ask her. Okay. Hi, Clarissa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, now tell us about your organization, Pets for Vets. Yeah. Yes. Pets for Vets, we rescue shelter dogs, and we evaluate the dogs and match them with returning veterans. We match the temperament of the dog to personality and lifestyle to veterans to help with overcoming things like PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression. It's kind of like a matchmaking service for uh, the veterans. So each dog is matched specifically for each veteran, and then they also go through one of um, training with one of our professional trainers to learn different behaviors that can help with anxiety and depression and PTSD. Mm. Well, now, how do the dogs actually help with PTSD? There's many ways. So just having a pet can actually um, increase, you know, lower um, stress levels. But there's many things that having pets can actually do that have been um, researched. So things like um, getting veterans out to to walk, walk their dog, um, having a dog also creates sort of like an icebreaker. So instead of being closed off and isolated, there's now this this pet, this dog that other people can come over and talk about and then create that connection with the veteran. What we've done with some of our pets um, is we've actually trained them to do a, what we call a nightmare behavior, which is wake their veteran up for um, from a nightmare. So I actually have this one really wonderful story of a veteran and one of his um, major complaints that he had had was not being able to sleep and his nightmares since he had returned from Iraq. So it had been about three years, he had said, since he'd wow. gotten you know, a real good night's sleep. And two ways this dog had helped him. So we actually trained her to wake him up from nightmares so that when he was rustling around or having a bad dream, she would go over and nose him and, and then stay with him and, uh, when he woke up. I need one of those. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so when we placed her with him, they actually... Um, you could just sort of feel this palpable release of tension from him. And part of what we do is provide all this equipment with the dogs. So one of the things we had was a dog bed. So he laid down on the dog bed with her, and she went over and got on the dog bed with him, and he held her paw, and they took a nap together. Oh. And it was just incredible and um, so cute. But not only that, she was helping him for that first month, you know, waking him up from those nightmares. But the amazing part was he said that after about a month, just having her, he no longer was having those nightmares. Oh, that's great. Wow, so these are dogs that were basically thrown away in shelters that wouldn't have had a second chance. Correct. Uh, so all of our dogs are rescue dogs, either from shelters or other rescue groups. So they're, they were all looking for a second chance, too. And one of our uh, veterans, he said something to me that was so poignant. He said, if they can heal, we can heal. Mm-hmm. Heal each other. So what made you start this organization? I was um, doing some volunteer work with my own dog. He is um, such a ham. He loves the attention. And we were meeting other veterans in a VA hospital, and their faces were lighting up when, you know, he would shake their hands or just lay on their beds with them. And some of the veterans started asking me, can I keep him? Can I take him home? And I thought, well, why is therapy one hour once a week inside the walls of the VA? Why not 24-7? And I know that um, a lot of the reasons that, dogs are returned to shelters or are in shelters is because people don't find the right dog. They don't pick the right dog for their lifestyle, for their family. So the dog ends up causing more stress, not fitting in properly, having behavioral issues. So a lot of times they get returned to the shelter. So knowing this and knowing that veterans are facing a lot of stress, I wanted to be able to, to provide dogs for these guys, but also make it in the most stress-free possible way. That way they didn't have to select a dog that might not fit for them and that might uh, you know cause more stress for them. And then we provide that training also because the other issue is when you get a new dog, a lot of times they don't know how to be, you know, in a home, what how what to chew, what not to chew, where to go to the bathroom. So that could be stressful. Transition. 
Exactly. So you uh, you pay for the vet exams and the vaccinations and uh, professional training and all, all the initial needs. That's got to cost a little bit of money. Where are you getting that money? So we do. We provide um, each dog that goes to the veteran is healthy, up to date on vaccinations. They neutered microchips. They come with a huge welcome package of equipment, including leashes, bowls, crates, toys, the training for the dog, as well as any follow up training that they're going to need. For, um, and all of that is no charge to our veterans. So we get our funding through donations and grants. And if people want to make a donation, are you a 501c3? or uh... We are. Oh. We are a 501c3, and you can find our website at www.pet-4fr-vets.com. And we'll put that over the uh, over at AnimalRadio.com. Thanks so much. You are our hero of the week, doing great work. Clarissa Black, helping veterans coming back. You know, they do so much for our country, and it, it's it's sad to see, especially with the Veterans Administration lately, how we're treating <laughs> our troops when they come back. So I'm glad to see this kind of stuff going on on so many levels, uh, especially if they come back with PTSD or develop any, any kind of psychological illnesses that a dog will help. And I know, when I was a kid, seven years old, I believe uh maybe even younger i used to have these nightmares i'd wake up in the middle of the night night sweats horrible things my parents decided getting me a cat would be the thing to do they got you a kitten they got me a cat a kitten mm-hmm. and every time i had a dream they would wake me and give me the kitten serious this is serious <laughs> really? <laughs> really and it's a big fag I, <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot doesn't it yeah Oh my God! But the dreams went. Kitten how? Yeah, the the dreams went away, and uh, I still do that today. When I see him get stressed, I give him the cat. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Don't knock it, Joey. Coming from a guy who still wets his bed. Uh, I'm just saying. (laughs) Clarissa, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Pleasure. Bye bye. Now I'm going to put the uh, link once again to Clarissa's website, petsforvets.com, over at animalradio.com. Please support all our heroes of the week. You're doing great work. Well, you know, that's kind of exciting because a couple weeks ago we had somebody on who actually takes in and fosters pets for vets. Mm-hmm. If they have and they yep. get called to duty, they take care of the opposite and they take care of the pets while they're on tour. And both the vets and the pets get taken care of in the long run. Gotta love it. Win-win. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. one 405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team here at Animal Radio. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. All toll-free at your beck and call. Now, 20 years ago, what would you do for your homework? Couldn't go you to the Internet. Me? Yeah, well, oh, when okay. I had homework, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't, to, couldn't go to the internet. And, no, you had to have a set of encyclopedias books, or go to the library. You know those books, those things that... Britannica. Uh, yeah. yeah. That you open and close and... Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember those. The Internet has uh, brought a brand new world to us. We can uh, really research almost anything that we want on the Internet. And and the unfortunate truth is that you can uh, find anything you want affirmative to anything you believe on the Internet. And I know that you're very upset about this whole thing because <laughs> you had a client come in today. And, and when you first walked into the studio, let me just say that. A little bit of flop sweat. You looked very angry. You had kind of a red face. And I want you to vent. I want you to tell me what's on your mind. Okay, I'm going to clarify because I'm not upset and angry. Okay. I'm, I'm just frustrated. Okay. Because you, you're right. The Internet's a great thing. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's a lot of misinformation as well. And it can lead us down directions that maybe aren't always kind of the right way to go. And, and the example in point is I, I had a pet that came in um, and the family researched things on the Internet and came in with a diagnosis of a condition that um, was causing these leg signs. And instead of me being able to do my job the way I do, it was already this is what it is. Now, as a veterinarian, my job is to ask questions because my patients don't talk, so I have to get as much information from the pet parent. Mm-hmm. And when they're unwilling to divulge those little things like, how's he eating? Where's he poop? Are we having any vomiting? Those little clues can be very important and not just saying, I think he's diabetic. So that was my frustration. And um, in the end, this pet actually had an orthopedic problem. Mm. So um, wow. it was a totally different direction that, you know, we just kind of, they got down the wrong road by following things and signs that they were researching on the Internet. So, mm. and I know everybody likes to kind of, you know, be smart. It's fun. <laughs> it is. I love Jeopardy. I oh, love, I love that shouting too. out the answer. And, and uh, you know, I don't think as a veterinarian, any one professional thinks that we know it all. We don't. In most cases, the pet parent knows more about that pet's behavior. But it's very important we hear all of those little eccentricities, things that are going on in the home environment, the problems, the good things, so we can really work towards a diagnosis and, and you know, in the end, there is really no veterinary school on the Internet yes. that gives a degree. Yeah, so you, you can get the information, you can look, you can do your research, but that doesn't give you a degree. You're not a, a veterinarian because you know the answer or maybe don't know the answer to, to a certain problem that your animal's having. So uh, use it like everything else. Use it uh, carefully, wisely. Period. Just put a period at the end of the sentence there. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump in one more time because I do, I love a well-educated client, meaning not that they come from, like, higher education. I love someone who already knows, you know, I'm worried about this, and these might be things that I heard that could be a problem, and it, does this sound right? And I like that. I like the the tell-me-what-you-think kind of, and I'm not opposed to that. I'm not a, you know, domineering veterinarian, but I think we really got to make sure that you just kind of keep your mind open, and uh, sometimes we'll surprise you with wacky things, you know. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When screams for help were heard outside a home in Trenton, New Jersey, concerned neighbors quickly called the police. Police arrived to hear a woman screaming, help me, help me. And when no one answered the door, they kicked it in. 
only to find not a woman, but a cockatoo. Owner Evelyn DeLeon said it wasn't the first time 10-year-old Luna had brought authorities to their home. About seven years ago, Luna went through a phase where he'd imitate a baby crying. Child welfare workers responding to reports of a possible abandoned baby showed up. DeLeon said her bird is forever adding new sounds from watching TV in both English and Spanish. I'm thinking it might be a good time for Luna to take up reading books. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. I want to thank the underwriters that make Animal Radio possible, like Stella and Chewies. They now offer a new size of raw frozen dinners, a little intro pack. Eight and a half ounces of pure pleasure, I'm telling you. Chewy's chicken dinner, the Simply Venison, the Stella Super Beef, the Duck Duck Goose, the Phenomenal Pheasant. Almost sounds good enough for me to eat. Uh, I do know that Ladybug does eat it. She looks phenomenal. Check them out like a phenomenal pheasant. Check it out at StellaandChewy's.com. I don't know where I was going there. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Volani. How are you doing today? Ooh, you polished your ring. Okay. You like that, huh? I, I do like yeah. it. When I kissed it, I was worried about how hygienic it was. It was looking a little grubby after a while. You know, that was from you kissing all the time. It was the slobber. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, I would have to, um, <laughs> really yeah, you know, wipe it's off. Getting but, um, very grosser. <laughs> anyway, as we know, it's blistering hot throughout the country, and you know, people are taking their dogs on vacation. And the biggest, one of the biggest grooming problems, and I talk about this um, from time to time, is um, your dog swimming. And um, there's a couple of things you need to do if your dog likes to swim if you got a short-haired dog you know what there's not too much you really have to worry about except you gotta you gotta rinse the dog off um especially if they're swimming in fresh water because what happens with fresh water is a lot of bacteria buildup can actually um, affect the dog's skin coat, where you know they can come up with hot spots and and um, you know nice um, allergic reactions to things. So what you want to do is make sure you rinse your short-haired dogs off really well. And the same thing with the salt water. The salt water, you know, even though it's probably a little bit more therapeutic for your pet skin, you want to get that salt off the coat. It'll just keep from drying the skin out. And just a little bit of a rinse, or you can actually use a little bit of pet shampoo. But now you're long-haired dogs and people that have long-haired dogs i don't know why you even let them swim but you know what sometimes they just love it you got a couple of problems the first problem being i'm the groom i'm going to talk about the grooming problem is when a dog gets wet that has long hair and it dries and it's not brushed it mats at the most um how could i say it's um not a natural type of matting where matting will normally start away from the skin and then twist its way down towards the skin when a dog gets wet the matting starts very close to the skin so you almost don't see it until it's too far gone now the problem with that is brushing it out becomes a little bit more difficult and painful for your pet and usually at that point in time when you notice it it's um, time for a complete um, shave down by your local groomer so you want to be able to run a brush and comb through just like i said on the short hair dogs depending on where your dog is swimming let's um, start with the pool first Okay, chlorine. Chlorine can, can really, really mat your dog's, um, coat up and also could, um, you know, be a, be a problem for the pet skin, um, drying it out. Basically what you want to do is you want to not only rinse it, because chlorine is going to stay in the coat even with a, with a good rinse, is you want to actually strip it out of the coat. And what we found, um, that works best, believe it or not, is, um, 
Dawn Dish Detergent um, works, it's a degreaser, but it works real well. Now, it's not any dish detergent. Dawn Dish Detergent especially, and, and it's, it's the, whatever the formulation of, of the um, product is, you mix a um, quarter cup with that to um, a, a quart of water, and what that's going to do, it's going to pull out all your chlorine, you're going to rinse it, and believe it or not, it's not going to really overly dry out your dog's skin and coat. You may think that it would, but it's not, okay, basically because of the formulation of it. And also, it's a great flea. It's the best flea shampoo you've ever used as well on top it of works. Um, it. It works. It, it really you is. little kittens. Yeah, absolutely. You know the uh-huh. um, Wildlife Foundation; they endorse it. Um, they, really? they yeah. use it. They use it. Yeah, they do. It's 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 one of the best things that they they have for oil spills. Is they use Dawn mm-hmm. Detergent. And like I said, you want to use Dawn um, only because I don't know the formulations of the other products, but I know this is safe. So yes. that'll strip out your chlorine, and then once the dog is clean, then you want to run a brush and then a comb through the coat. Now, if the dog has been been in a lake. And it's long hair. You know, a general um, pet shampoo works really well. I would use a medicated shampoo that has an antifungal in it, so you have no bacteria that's going to grow. And dogs that have folds, like bulldogs, Sharpays, and all, you want to dry and powder them real well because what will happen is when that stays moist and doesn't dry properly, well, it's it's a haven for fungus and bacteria. So that's going to build up. So dry that really good. And your saltwater dog, the same thing, just a general shampoo. You're not going to have to worry too much about any fungus or bacteria building up. You just want to get the dog clean and then brush in a comb, and you should be fine. Right before the dog is 100% dry, one more brush and comb, and you know, you'll have a happy swimming dog. you got to love that. I had a quick question for you. We get this call all the time. Is chlorine bad for your dogs? They're swimming in the pool. Can they? Well, chlorine's really not great for, for, for anyone. I mean, it's not, I, I mean, I don't know um, any incidents where it's actually, um, you know, really, you know, done damage to your pet, but I know it's not great for their skin, just, just for drying gum, you know, okay. properties itself. On a dark dog, it'll pull the color out a little. So oh, you'll really? have you'll have a dog that was either um, black or brown, and then it'll have a reddish tint to it um, because it'll pull out the color. It'll strip it just like it would your hair. That's how dangerous those chemicals are. Joey, I got a quick question here because we've got a saltwater pool. Our, our pool in our backyard I is a saltwater pool. A saltwater pool? I love oh, it. God. How do you do that? You don't know heaven till you've had a saltwater pool. They're really common in SoCal and especially out in the desert. We we learned about them in Palm Springs. They're actually saltwater, so there is no chlorine the salt does the work of the chlorine so do you have to just put in water and then add salt to it yeah it's a different kind of filter and it, it a whole different filtration system but it's actually once you put it in it's cheaper to maintain and, and it's better for you because chlorine is a chemical and i don't like it either and it wow. does mess up hair color on, on humans and now we know dogs so if your dog was going in a saltwater pool would you treat that just as if your dog had gone in the ocean in terms of cleaning yes, the dog up? exactly exactly the same exactly the okay. same um i, w- I would treat it's funny because um, Doc Halligan has a saltwater pool, and, and um, she asked me that question not too long ago. Oh, they're great. I haven't heard yeah. of it yet. That's okay. so strange. Why don't I have one? Well, you're going to have to get one. you got the ocean close by. Yeah. <laughs> you That's true, walk, too. You walk across the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, we're going to head to the phones in just a second, toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Judy has booked an amazing show. We're going to talk to the official biographer of Lassie. 
And you know what? <laughs> you can't use that as past tense because apparently Lassie is still alive and <laughs> kicking. Hasn't it been like 50 years or so? A lot. There's I gotta... watched Lassie when I was a kid. Oh, so. I did too. <laughs> oh, well, you're young. Both of you are young. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, he'll be on the show with us in just a few minutes. He's going to be talking about the dogs that are heroes to us humans. And in fact, we have a couple of dogs that we're going to be talking about today. One dog uh, helped a little guy. You may have seen this viral video. Little B. Owen is his, his name. His name is Owen, also I, I, known as Little B. I don't know what his disease is, but he has some kind of physical disease. And this dog has saved his life. And we'll talk, I, I believe, to Owen's father. Right. Uh, let's hit the phones first for you. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Good, I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Yes, I have a, I, I have a little problem child here. All right, what's going on? Okay, um, now, now we've been working very diligently with our, our local vet. Over probably the last seven to eight months, we've tried, uh, well, the number one thing going on is, is she's, she's going... Uh, either either before we put her outside or after we bring her back in, and we've tried Proen, and we've used uh, used uh, uh, what is it C dash D E S C des, and we've we've checked everything. We've checked. We we've had the ultrasound done. We've had blood work and mm-hmm. uh, your analysis. Everything comes back normal. And we're thinking this might be a psychological thing because she's always been really high anxiety. Uh, she's scared to death of thunderstorms, and, uh, and and we we like to keep her close at hand when 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 we do have storms in the area. But okay, I, I, I want to back up, what Robert. That, what kind of what kind of dog you got here? I didn't catch that. Okay, she's uh, she's a well. All our dogs are rescues, so she's a uh, we think a terrier and probably a dachshund mix. Okay, and she's how old? And she's uh, I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of eleven or twelve years old. Okay, and so just so I'm clear, she's having urine accidents or poop accidents? Y- urine accidents, and and, and it's like only I say, urine. We. we We've searched out the possibility of it being accidents, and I just, I don't think it's an accident. I, I, I feel like it's being done on purpose, and we don't know why. Okay. So what? where is she urinating, and is it always in the same place, or is she moving around? It's pretty much always in the same place. At, what we do now, we have a tile kitchen floor, and the kitchen back door leads to outside where they okay. go. Uh, we have four dogs. And uh, so w- on rainy days, we lay down a blanket on the tile floor so when they come back in, they can wipe their paws. And, and we lock them in the kitchen for, you know, a few minutes when they come back in. And then, of course, we open up the gate and they have the rest of the run of the house again. And, uh, and that's been the norm for pretty much forever for all our animals. And uh, she'll go. And like I say, sometimes she goes before we let them out. If that blanket is laying down there, but what's what's really got me baffled is we started pulling the blanket up uh, okay. and only putting it down right when they come back in from outside, and all of that stopped. So she's not going mm. on the tile floor. She's not going anywhere else. But 
but she continues to, if we leave that blanket down there for more than three or four minutes and, and take our eyes off of her, she will, she will go on that blanket before she climbs upstairs. <laughs> Okay, I got you now. All right, I see what's going on here. So I'm glad that you had a very good, thorough medical checkup because, you know, in a 10-year-old dog, urine accidents can sometimes be a a signal of a health problem. And the I think the reality of what it sounds like you got going on is you need to get rid of that blanket, man. You need to be drying these babies' feet off, um, taking that blanket and getting rid of it because it could very well be just something as simple as a marking behavior. Um, the door is kind of a social area. It's an interactive zone. It's kind of a transition. So it could very well be that she's saying, hey, this is kind of the entry to my lair, and um, I'm going to say this is, you know, our territory, my territory, and I'm going to urinate here. If that is not there and she doesn't have urine accidents elsewhere, um, I, I'm really led to believe that's the situation. And, you know, I, dogs don't generally, they're not generally malicious creatures. They're, they're very kind-hearted animals. They're not like people. We're mean. And they don't typically do these kind of things to get us mad or to piss us off. It's generally something either medical or something either social or uh, psychological. So um, I might be led to believe that you just need to make a decision to get rid of that blanket and know that that's going to be her trigger. That may be her preference, that her that substrate that she really likes. And when it's in that right spot, she's going to urine mark on it. And if all you got to do is take that away, then I think it's an easy solution. And uh, as long as she's not having accidents elsewhere i'd say yeah it's a that's a human now behavior. we change we can the blanket out all the time um you know i mean if, if she if, if she if she goes on it we you know it immediately goes out and 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 gets rewashed and then we you know of course i don't, the care. Next- I don't want you to put it down in the first place you putting it down there is allowing her that opportunity it's setting that environment just right doesn't matter that you wash it she's just thankful that you are you're flushing the toilet for her every time you do that <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but we've been doing this in that same routine forever, and it's just been going on, oh, maybe eight or nine months. And so is it just, I, I just wonder if there was any other kind of a trigger. You think just... Yeah, this is just, I mean, everything is just ringing. This is, a, like I said, a social zone where, you know, dogs can very typically mark. Now, another solution, ways to maybe work around this. Hey, what about the idea of putting an, um, like an outdoor mat on the opposite side of that door, somewhere where the doggies can kind of maybe partially dry their feet? And then if they do, she does urinate on that, it's outdoors. It's not such a big deal where you have to worry about that being inside. Just, just a solution. But for me, gosh, Robert, I just say get rid of that blanket and... And uh, return your household to a, you know, hopefully a toilet-free mess in that zone. Robert, thanks for your call. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. 
So I'm hanging out with my gold bomb buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the gold bomb powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again. Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at O'Reilly Auto Parts when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil and an oil filter starting at $22.99. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September 30, 2014. Go to Valvoline-USA.com for more info. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to Dr. Debbie, Dog Father, Joey Volani, or any of the team here. We're here toll-free to help you out this afternoon. And um, this next guest has a great name. I just like this. Ace. Ace. I wish my name was Ace. Is that really his name? Ace, how are you doing? I'm fine, and no, it's not really my name. What, uh, uh, Johnny Gazzino, right? For, it has been my name since I was 19 years old, for all practical purposes. But I was a... Uh, sophomore at Baylor University and I was my name was Andrew and everybody called me Andy and I was playing a uh, in a hearts tournament at Baylor that was a big deal hearts was such a raging game back then and so <laughs> and I won the tournament by making a run and the last card I played was the ace of hearts ah. and everybody from there on in started calling me ace and I couldn't escape it my my literary agent loves it so we it, you know <laughs> 80 80 books later we've written all these books under ace collins and and I guess we're going to continue to do that and everybody knows me but I, that's a question I get asked a lot and everybody just assumes that was the way I was named I think it would have been kind of a cool name to have had too it's better than Andrew Oh well you yeah, know Yeah it's a cool name Sure as hell beats Hal that's <laughs> I'll tell you that right now <laughs> I love your new book, Man's Best Hero, True Stories, Great American Dogs. And, you know, we, we celebrate humans every week that do heroic things for our dogs or cats or iguanas or all the animals. But uh, we, we rarely talk about, well, sometimes we talk about the dogs that do such wonderful things. You know what? I take that back. In fact, we were talking today. In, yeah, Hal, we always uh, talk about dogs. You know what? That Can do... I just say, I'm not really sure how I got this job, and I'm not even really <laughs> a radio host. I'm just ducking in here from the police, okay? You know, your co-host here can do this. There's a book I wrote back in 99 called Lassie's Guide to a Family's Best Friend. Oh, yes. And, and in that book, the last part of that book is a training guide 
you know, once we tell you how to buy your dog, what kind of dog you need, we actually teach you the first 50 tricks that last that that the Lassie owners and trainers teach Lassie or all the generations of Lassie. And I, my wife has found that it is an excellent training manual for for males, human males as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. Huh. Get that book, and and then you can be better trained like I am. I'd like to work. You were the official biographer of Lassie, weren't you? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, what is amazing is we actually premiered this book at BEA, which is a fan expo for for readers in New York City at the Javits Center about about four weeks ago. And Lassie surprised me and, and appeared with me um, at the premiere. And wait I, I wait, wait a, a second. Lassie is alive still? This is the 10th generation. They're, oh, always, okay. sons. Wow. They're always sons of the previous dog. Okay. So when you look at the current Lassie, whose name is Junior. Uh-huh. Uh, and doesn't have a TV show. Uh, but, but that's going to change very quickly. DreamWorks owns the trademark now, and you know DreamWorks is not going to let Lassie be idle. Heck no. Uh, uh, well, Lassie so, doesn't want to be idle. No, I'm betting no, not. And Lassie works Get that dog a job. Stuff. Lassie works all the time in public appearances and stuff, but uh, Lassie was on the Today Show last week. So, I mean, but you're looking at the 10th generation Lassie. So, when you look at Lassie, you're actually looking into the eyes 10 generations ago of Pal, who played uh, Lassie in, in the 1943 movie Lassie Come Home, or Junior and Baby, who were the dogs we remember best from the television series, or then there's other ones. And, and when you're the official biographer of Lassie, you can actually look at each one of those dogs and and tell, I can tell you what generation they are. I mean, they, really? what their real names were. But, you know, once they're on the screen, they're always playing Lassie. And the dog that is sleeping right beside my desk right now, on the left side of my desk, is the uh, sister of the current Lassie. And wow. the dog that is in right in front of my desk is a rescue dog that is a... Uh, we talk about briefly in the first chapter of this book. And his name is Sammy, and he was born blind. And I drove about 500 and... Well, more like 650 miles to rescue him so they wouldn't put him down. And he's a blind collie that was born that way and it's probably been the most remarkable dog i've ever owned in my life why is that uh his ability to adapt his ability to not notice his handicap his ability to navigate our in arkansas our huge yard with all of these huge trees and everything else uh his ability to find his way around the house all of that is remarkable and that that's also taught me not to limit human beings with disabilities okay i've, I've come up with a total new concept and i was never a limiting person anyway but he has really opened this up for me and then, Sammy, also, I've never been around a happier creature in my entire life. You know, I get this response when people find out he's blind old poor dog. No, he is obviously is sensing things and seeing things that we're missing, too. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and so what it amounts to is that, that this is not some poor dog. This is a happy creature who loves life and loves being here and takes advantage of every moment. And he's five years old and he's still as big a puppy as he was probably when he was eight weeks old. And so saving him has given me a much larger perspective on life. As a matter of fact, from time to time, I write a blog called Lessons Sammy's Taught Me or Lessons from Sammy. And I'm about to write a um, 2,000-word piece or 3,000-word piece uh, for the Collie Club of America on the incredible lessons and the incredible richness of life that adopting a special needs dog can bring to you. Mm. And so... Sammy's been one of the remarkable things, and I think I did this book as much as anything else because of Sammy, because they've been after me for various publishers, and I've written for 20-some-odd different publishers, have been after me for years to do a dog book, a dog hero book. And I had thought about it for years and years and years, but I, I, I write three novels a year, and I, I tr- always do one nonfiction book Jeez. a year. And I, I kept putting it off, and then Abington came to me after reading one of my blogs on, on Sammy and said, couldn't you at least do it now? I mean, you've got this dog that you write about all the time. 
anyway. And I, I thought, yeah, it's, it's time to actually do this. And so, so we've done it now. Where'd you get all your stories from? Well, you have literally hundreds of, of great dog stories that you can use. And, and, and so finding stories was not, was not an issue. What, what was the issue for me was finding stories that fit 13 different traits that I thought human beings mm-hmm. should have. Mm-hmm. And what are those traits? Dogs do a good job teaching us. What are those traits? And so those traits were important. Uh, in the first thing is opportunity, and it's it's on the importance of second chances, tenacity, determination, potential, duty, fortitude, loyalty, love, courage, gratitude, purpose, character, and faithfulness. So yes, in these chapters that spotlight most of them, except for the first one, spotlight one dog and that dog's adventure. Yes, we do give you that drama in real life, real, incredible dog overcoming the odds to save a human being story. But there are chapters where we talk about dogs that are heroes that do nothing more than go into cancer wards where, where parents and kids have given up and, and, and bring hope and life and a reason to live again. So we, we, have a, we have therapy dogs, and the therapy dog we covered went to Katrina. This dog goes in the hospitals and, and nursing homes on a regular basis and also was there for the those waiting to find out what happened to their loved ones at 9-11. We talk about a dog, Roselle, who there's a great book written about Roselle named Thunder Dog. And, yeah, we've and, interviewed Michael Hinkson. And Michael, Michael mm-hmm. has to be in the book. And so we gave a different perspective of what Roselle did leading people down from the Tower One. The interesting thing about what Roselle did is often missed. And that is the fact that Roselle scared to death of thunderstorms, did all this heroic stuff. The dog became blind, too, when the tower came down. The dog couldn't see, and the dog is guiding these people. And still, with an inability to see because of all of the debris field and the dust that they're in, that dog still found a way to lead not just Michael, but the people who were with Michael, which at that particular point were scores and scores and scores of people who were following him because they had no one else to follow. They were following the dog. The dog still got them to safety in the subway. Mm. And when you think about Roselle, everybody concentrates on the fact he led them out of the tower. Yes, he did that when the lights went out. He offered the calmness because the dog was calm and the blind man was calm. But it, it was more about the duty. This, is, this dog was just doing his job. He was sticking to it even in the face of everything else that was going on. So in that respect, the dog, you know, Roselle defeated, defeated the terrorist even before any of us as human beings defeated the terrorist. Hmm. And I think those are the things when you talk about these remarkable dogs. And so if you read this book, it probably reads a lot like my novels do because it's a narrative style that looks at, at these amazing animals. But the lessons underneath it are what come forward because the dogs, the traits these dogs have. I, there's a story in the end, and and you can actually know the stories without giving with, and still enjoy the book. So I'm not giving away anything. I don't okay. think. But the last chapter is takes place, uh, you know, two generations ago in Mississippi in the early 1950s. A poor family that didn't own a car, but they have a collie shepherd mix that somebody has given them. And they have a fenced yard, and this dog becomes the babysitter for the little girl, the preschool girl. And one day the father forgets to close the gate, and the preschool girl is walking down the street toward a highway, a busy highway with lots of large rig trucks and things that roar through an intersection. And this dog is following the kid, and witnessing all of this from from a front porch is a woman in a wheelchair who can do nothing about it and she watches as this this kid uh, steps out Avon steps out off the street uh, 
off the curb and into the street while this traffic is. The dog grabs the kid, pulls pulls the kid back, sets on the kid until the lady in the wheelchair can get inside the house, call <laughs> someone to help, and that thereby saves Yvonne's life. Wow. But here's the remarkable thing. The father never opened the gate again, so the dog and the and the kid supposedly couldn't get out of the gate. But every morning and every night, the dog found a way, every afternoon, the dog found a way to get out of the yard and became the crossing guard for every kid that crossed that street. Wow. Jeez. Uh, to go to school. The book is called Man's Best Hero, True Stories, Great American Dogs. I have 10 copies to give away at one 405 8405 Again, if you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to your bookstore or Amazon and ask for Ace Collins' Man's Best Hero, True Stories, Great American Dogs. He is the official biographer of Lassie. I, just before you go, one quick question. Is it true Lassie number four and Morris number two didn't get along? There was a lot of Hollywood infighting between the uh, two? Well, I don't know if that was actually true or not, but I've heard that rumor myself. Good. You, good. Know, I, you know, I can I can tell you uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that Lassie and Benji were best friends. Oh, that's good to know. That's an honest to goodness true statement. Good stuff to know. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. It was a joy. We'll do it again sometime. Anytime y'all want. Let's uh, head back to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Volani. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. Get something started. That's the sound of a Kubota RTV utility vehicle. Maybe it has a Kubota orange paint job, maybe camouflage, maybe it has two seats, or maybe it has four. There might even be a comfortable factory-installed cab with heat and air conditioning. In fact, there's a whole lineup of hard-working Kubota RTVs waiting for you at your local Kubota dealer. Like the redesigned RTV X-Series, the next generation of North America's top-selling diesel utility vehicle with truck-inspired styling. It's a whole new driving experience with Kubota's exclusive independent rear suspension technology for a smooth, comfortable ride, even in rugged terrain and bumpy work sites. With so many RTV options, it's easy to find the right one for you. Then start saving with low-rate, long-term financing available now. Kubota RTV Utility Vehicles, built for the best things in life. Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. Okay, where to? House hunting with this. My phone? With the Realtor.com app. It's going to find us houses in this neighborhood? Yep, just circle the area on the map with your finger and bam, all the homes for sale in that area pop up. Neato. Now what? Make a left and I'll call a Realtor. Okay, but use your phone. I want to play with this app. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. 
and be sure to work with a Realtor to help guide you through the process. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. This is Tammy Trujillo. A trip to the vet might not just help your pet. It might actually save your life, your life, that is if you're a woman. This is happening only right now in Illinois, but the Ovarian Cancer Symptom Awareness Organization hopes to take it nationwide. The program is providing veterinarians with a chance to raise awareness about the very subtle symptoms of ovarian cancer. More than 80% of the veterinarians graduating these days are women. And they often end up seeing female pet guardians a lot more often each year than the women actually go see their human medical doctors. So the organization says this idea sprang up after they realized that many people start talking about their own health problems when they go in to see the vet. The vets aren't trying to replace the people doctors here, but they want to use the chance to talk about the symptoms and to advise a woman who might present them the symptoms, rather, to get to the doctor right away. And ovarian cancer, highly curable if it's caught early. All right, here's something that dogs, wolves, and humans all have in common. We all communicate with our eyes. They have been looking at this at the Tokyo Institute of Technology and the Kyoto University, and they found that the color of the face around the eye, the shape of the eye, and the color and shape of both the iris and the pupil all are part of a very elaborate eye-based communication system. And they identified three basic patterns, and dogs, wolves, and humans all fit into what they call the A-type. These are creatures in which the eye outline and the eye position in the face are clear. Such individuals actually invite you to look into their eyes. I mean, don't you look into your dog's eyes? Oh, it's one I of the most amazing it. experiences, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, those eyes are like the window to the world. Well, they're looking back. Researchers even suspect the white of the eye actually evolved in part to set off the darker hues of the iris and the pupil. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You can get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Geico presents fan mail to a pig dear maxwell i just want to say thank you for making my geico insurance id card digital it's easy to find on the app it doesn't give me paper cuts and i always have it on hand because it's on my phone because of this i finally cleaned out my glove box which was filled with years of paper id cards any thought on what i should put in my glove box now sincerely trent patterson Hmm. trent what can you put in the glove box here's a crazy thought how about gloves Digital insurance ID cards, just a tap away on the Geico app. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-799-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-799-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99. And there's no equipment to buy. You get free. 
free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-799-MY-TV. That's 877-799-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 877-799-MY-TV. That's 877-799-MY-TV. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live simply so that others may simply live. Radio, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone. It's a free download, or for Android and BlackBerry. Do it now, please, because you're going to forget later, and you're going to want it later. You're going to want to ask the Dream Team a question, or you're going to want to listen to the show again. So do it now, free download. And then you can check out on your phone afterwards the viral video that's going around of Hachi and Little Bee. Hachi, Hachi and Little Bee. Little Bee, yes. I, I have not seen it yet. I want to see it. How? Have you seen it? it? Of course I've seen it. What's in the video? Tell I haven't seen it. it. Have you? Yes, it tells no. a story about this little, well, not a little dog. It's actually an Anatolian shepherd dog that... Uh, That's a big dog. Yeah, that uh, someone tied it to the railroad tracks when he was just five months old. And he was actually hit by a train. Hmm. And But he survived. He lost a leg, but he survived. And there's a great story to follow. But there's a great story that follows, yes, the turns for this dog's little life and we have will hawkins on will is the father of little b first of all welcome to the show will how are you doing Thank you very much where are we calling you today in uh, hampshire in england what time is it there right now it's about half past eight. Oh well, thank you for staying up late with <laughs> no, us tonight. No. Uh, we appreciate that. Now, tell us a little bit about your son and uh, the dog. Basically, my son is got a rare disorder called Schwartz-Ampel syndrome, which affects his muscles. They're always in a state of tension; they never relax. So he's got a really ripped body, uh, a bodybuilder's body. Huh. Um, and one of the things with it is that his facial muscles are really tense, so he's got quite a pronounced and unique face. Before Hatch came along, he was in his wheelchair um, from you know the last four years, and over the course of a few weeks and months, he realised people were staring at him all the time, so he didn't want to go out in his wheelchair. Sure. He'd go out happily on my shoulders or be carried to look like a normal child, but he didn't want to go out in his wheelchair, which made it quite hard going shopping and carrying bags and him. I bet. About two and a half years ago, we saw an appeal on a friend's Facebook page who had fostered Hatchie after he had been um, clubbed over the head and dumped in this railway yard and got hit by this train, which oh shattered, shattered his rear leg um, to a point where after you know, a few days with the um, vets, they realised they couldn't save it, so they had to amputate it. Three or four weeks later... We managed to, um, you know, get him into our, you know, into our house, and the bond between him and Owen was amazing. So um, that was accidental. You didn't get the dog for Owen, or did? No, it was. We've got another dog at home, and we wanted a dog, another dog, to keep 
Pixel company while we were away for a few hours, uh, you know, crossing over shifts at work. We were, ideally, we were looking for a medium-sized dog, like a, another collie or a Labrador. Sure. You know, something not too big. Um, but <laughs> this beast um, of a yes. dog, um, he actually, you know, he stole our hearts. He stole Colleen's heart mainly because she was the one who went to see him. And when he came home the first night, Owen was fast asleep in bed. And he was bouncing around the house, playing with Pixel. And as soon as he went into Owen's room, he just completely, his demeanor changed completely. He was wow. so gentle. He avoided all of Owen's medical equipment and medicines, um, had a sniff around the room and then left. The following morning, when we introduced the two together in Owen's bedroom, he did exactly the same thing, from being a boisterous boy in the house to calming right down in Owen's bedroom. Mm. And it was like two sounds cheesy and corny um but two lost souls sure meeting again i got Um, goosebumps yeah we really wish we'd videoed it because it it was such an amazing thing to see because hatchy obviously sensed something was different with owen and obviously owen could see something was different with hatchy and you know from then on you know from that moment They've never left each other's side, apart from when Owen goes to school. Um, but Owen goes then, out now, where he didn't yeah, before. Yeah, with it, three weeks after we got Hatchy, he came home from school one day, having been forced previously to, after school, you know, we take Hatchy and Pixel for a walk and let them play. And he was, he was realizing over the, those three weeks that people were staring at Hatchy and not him. They were asking me questions about the dog and not looking at Owen. And he, he realised this, you know, having Hatchy is a brilliant thing because it's taken the attention away from Owen and put it onto Hatchy. And he absolutely loved it. And he was, you know, he came home from school actively wanting to go out and walk Hatchy. He was loving telling the story of, you know, what had happened to Hatchy and, you know, what it's done for him. And six months later, you know, he's, you know, a lot more talkative and his confidence and self-esteem has just blown massively over mm. the last two years to a point now where you can't shut him up <laughs> <laughs> now you were invited was it to the Crufts dog show and and hatchy and little b won an award yeah um it was um quite uh, strange because because of the impact hatch had had on owen um a lot of people you know on hatchy's facebook page you know the numbers were going up and up and more people were hearing about the story and someone who we still don't know who um, nominated us for this award and we had never heard of it so we was like okay you know yeah we'll accept the you know the invitation and you know we'll be you know we'll be glad to be part of it uh-huh. and they absolutely annihilated the rest of the competition i think they got 54 percent of the vote so wow. more than everyone else combined and yeah, it was a brilliant weekend. Owen absolutely loved it. Um, well, tell us a little bit about the book. This, uh, What is her name? Wendy Holden wrote a book. Wendy, how, do, yeah. how do you know her? After a bit of uh, thinking and looking on Facebook, we saw that one of our followers was Wendy. So we just sent her an email saying, this is what we'd like to do. Can you give us hints or ideas of who to speak to, you know, just to put the idea out there? Um and after a number of emails going to and forth and, you know, why do we want to do it, she she said, right, I, I need a change. Um, although I'm booked up for 18 months, I'll quite happily cancel a few projects. And, um, you know, she, she, we spent, you know, a good week, two weeks talking to her. She's coming down here. And, you know, she's written an amazing book with the help of Owen 
because it's mainly Owen who's like spoke to her in interviews with her and um, a fantastic book. It, really, you know, really, it's, really pleased with it. It's a great book. It's one of those books that you know you pick up and you can't put down. I read it from cover to cover in probably just a couple hours. It was really just, yeah. I yes, saw that. I, that's I know. what you're reading. That's what I was reading. Well, let's share it. I've got ten copies to give away at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to your bookstore or Amazon dot com and ask for Hatching. That's spelled H A A T C H I. Hatchy or, and yeah. Little B. Or wait till it comes out in the theaters. This has got to be a movie. It's got to be. What is that? It would be. A movie, right? Yes. What does Hatchy stand for? What does that mean? Where'd you get the name? Um, he was actually named by um, a young boy who was visiting the um, veterinary center where he had his operation to remove the leg, and we don't know why. Um, I think it was a it was because of the other Hatch or Hachiko, um, the film which I think recently had Richard Gere in it. Oh um, yes, and it's the. Um, the similarities between a dog and railway railways, and um, I think my wife re- did research, and it's you know the term means loyal. And after a few weeks, it was you know, like we can't change his name to anything else because it fits him so well um, that name. So we, we kept it. And uh, how wonderful! Well, thank you so much for sharing yeah. the story with us. Go give those no. two big hugs from all of us at Animal Radio, much. okay? And have a good night. We thank appreciate. You. Thank Appreciate you. taking time right. there. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. We have uh, we've just talked to the future. Is what we've done. There, he's there tonight, and apparently everything's fine. So, so we'll be there. we know tonight's tonight's going to be okay. Good. That's right. That's right. I didn't know what the hell you're talking about there for a second. Okay, you're right. <laughs> We're on the cusp of technology. We, we really are, are. We're talking like, halfway around the world. Yes. <laughs> we can dial a phone. <laughs> Well, those are always tricky. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say... <laughs> 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Hi, Joan. Hi. Where are you today? Michigan. How can we help you? I have the good doctor right here. Hello. I do, yeah, hi. I, I'm a licensed veterinary technician, and I've run into this so many times that maybe you could reach more people than I can, where breeders of dogs want to vaccinate their dogs when they're four weeks old and not even wean for their mothers. Uh-huh. And... That vaccine really doesn't do them any good because it's got the mother's immunity. Very likely not. Yes, you're correct. And uh, are you having issues with that, or is that just something you want to bring an awareness to? Bring an awareness to, and we've had two litters of puppies that came down with parvo because they thought it was safe, and it really mm-hmm. wasn't. They probably started with vaccinations at a very early age and stopped too soon. Correct. So what's the okay. right age to vaccinate? No, that's a great question, Hal, when you put it that way. Well, when we have to remember, puppies have um, immunity that they gain from their mom, and then they have immunity that they will develop on their own after vaccinations. So it really depends on a lot of those early exposures. So maternal immunity is really a function of a lot of different factors. So does mom have a background on immunity for these infectious diseases? If yes, great. If not, She's starting with zero protection. She's not passing anything to those babies. Also, um, we need to ingest the colostrum, that very important milk in the first day or so of life. If that's not really adequately ingested, yeah, we're not going to get good immunity from the mom. 
also pups can vary on how they absorb this. So all of those things kind of play a role, but for most guidelines, we know that we would want to start a puppy into a vaccine series, usually at six to eight weeks. And the question, common question is, when does mom's immunity wear off? Can't we just start then? And that is a very complicated um, answer because we, we don't know. We can tell you what window it may be anywhere from that moment that puppy is dropped on the earth till about 12 to 15 weeks is really that period of time when their body is going to start hopefully kicking in and responding to a vaccine. But as long as mom's immunity is in the system, it will interfere with any vaccine that you're giving, with a few exceptions, I will say. So the big puzzle is, well, you know, when is mom's stuff wearing off and when do we need to start? The best recommendation, and you have a very good point here, Joan, is that follow the recommendations of your veterinarian. The veterinarian is these one schooled and your licensed veterinary technicians, so I'll put you in that category as well, um, because they know the immun- immunology that goes along with it. They may not be able to say it like me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we have to take more into that than just throwing random vaccines out. It ages when it's not really appropriate or the puppy can't really respond to it. So at least in my office here, our puppy protocol. If we see a puppy at six weeks of age, that's when we start them off in the series. We see them back in two weeks at eight weeks for their next set. Then at 12 weeks, and then we go all the way till 16 weeks. And that timing and the frequency is very important. So you want to follow through with all of that because they can get infectious disease if you fall and miss a dose or miss a timing um, or you delay it. So very important message there, Joan. Thank you so much. one 405 If you have a question for Dr. Debbie, she takes the vet medical questions. We also have dog father, Joey Villani, uh, with your grooming questions. All here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Hi, this is Prince Lorenzo Borghese on Animal Radio. Please remember to stay new to your animals. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A dog who sniffed out survivors at Ground Zero at the World Trade Center in New York will soon be cloned. Tracker, a German Shepherd, lives with his owner, James Symington, in Los Angeles. The 15-year-old hero was picked by BioArts International as the most clone-worthy canine in a competition, offering an owner a free chance to replicate their pet. Symington said he and Tracker were among the first search and rescue teams to arrive at Ground Zero after the September 11th attacks, and Tracker was responsible for finding the very last survivor under about 30 feet of debris. He added to know that that part of him is going to live on is just beyond words. It's the greatest gift I've ever received. The clone dog could be ready by the end of the year. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dr. Debbie, we were talking a little earlier about, uh, well, Joey was talking about dogs swimming in the uh, swimming pool and in lakes and how to clean them afterwards. But you were in mm-hmm. the, uh, I believe you were getting coffee or a Diet Pepsi or something in the uh, break room. And you came in, you heard that over the PA. You were talking about some kind of mold or fungus or what? What were you, what were you yapping well, actually, about? Actually, 
blue-green algae. Um, there actually was a recent report just that hit the wires um, out of a dog out of Minnesota that died suddenly within collapsed within minutes after swimming in a in a lake and it actually had this blue green algae which actually is not algae it is a bacteria called cyanobacteria and what happens is that this this kind of algae bloom uh, builds up on the water kind of looks like pea soup where you'll see the f- uh, f- floating kind of mats of material on there and and actually this particular type can release toxins it can be toxic to people as well as pets and and pets will actually collapse sometimes just very suddenly within um swimming and ingesting this in the water how common is it in the water i mean is it i mean is it anytime you see that green stuff that floats on the top is that it well not all green stuff floating is this because there's a lot of other actually true algaes out there that don't have this potential this is a particular type of bacteria but it can look blue green but sometimes it'll actually look kind of reddish, purplish, or even brown in color. So generally, we do see this kind of proliferate more when uh, it's you know hot out. Sometimes when water levels are down in bodies of water. Um, but if you see that kind of yucky pea soup looking water, keep your dogs out of it. Um, it's it's really not. Um, it, there's nothing we can really do to stop this. We do mostly supportive care. But it is something if your dog gets into this, you need to get them to the vet right away. They can mm. go into liver failure and die. And in fact, I think the mortality is about seventy-five percent. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's bad stuff. So I'm thinking we let ladybug in the ocean here. That's 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 water that moves and and doesn't create algae. There's it's nothing stagnant about it. Is that okay still? Well, I mean, you still want to watch because there's, you know, certainly stinging critters in the ocean, um, as well as, you know, there's a lot of salt in the water. So dogs can actually get quite ill from gulping and drinking large amounts of salt water. Um, And my own dogs have eaten, you know, the algae, you know, that grows the plant-like algae, and and they can definitely get sick from just overindulging and all that kind of stuff. So you're saying just keep them out of the water? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to know your dog. You know, if they're swimming and having a good time and not ingesting everything floating by, um, then, then they'll probably be fine. But it really is kind of tempering the activity, limiting them um, if they're eating everything. And, uh, you know, if they're having fun, chasing sticks, digging in or jumping in the surf, I'm all for it. Hey, Alan, welcome to the show. Yeah, my name is Doctor. What's going on, Alan? Yeah, my mom's dog was following my mom yesterday, like vacuuming, and my mom was vacuuming yesterday, and her dog got something in her eye, and the dog died. Like and the dog died? Oh, in the dog's eye. Oh, in the dog's eye. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I misunderstood there. Okay. And so what is the doggy doing right now? The doggy is, like, like try to, like, get something out of the dog's eye. It's not getting out. And my mom is is wondering what should she do to get it out. Okay. So um, he's rubbing at the eye, scratching at the eye? Yeah. Okay. And is he squinting in it and holding it closed? Yeah. Okay. All right. The, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that anytime a dog has um, squinting in the eye, that means there's, there's pain there. So there's discomfort. So my best recommendation is to get him evaluated by a veterinarian because we want to make sure he doesn't have any kind of abrasion on his eye, um, which would be termed a corneal ulcer. Um, so that's the hard thing. When you have a squinting eye, you can have that from pain of any sort. Um, but an ulcer can be very serious. So we don't want to delay that and um, do home care if we're in that level of discomfort for the eye. Um, now, certainly in the short term, the things I would do um, in any emergency kit for people at home with dogs when we're talking about eyes, I want some contact saline rinse that you would use for your um, 
your family members that might have contacts. You can use that as an eye irrigating solution to loosen things that might be under the eyelids or any kind of particulates, any kind of dust or anything like that that might be in the eye. That's perfectly safe for dogs to use that. Um, now, that being said, you can also use things like um, artificial tears that are also sold in the contact uh, contact uh, lens aisle. Um, Refresh brand tears is just one of the types of tears that you can put in to help kind of make the eyes feel more comfortable. But that's a short-term thing. If that baby's eye is red, squinting, and we're uncomfortable, you really need to get the baby into the veterinarian, and very likely we'd want to do something called a corneal stain. And it's a type of a stain technique that we put um, this dye on the eye, and it helps to outline any kind of scratches or ulcers that could be on the surface of the eye. Um, If we have something like that, there's a certain regimen, certain type of treatment that needs to be done. So that's why it's so important to see your vet if we're in that kind of category of things. Um, and definitely, I'd say at this point, you said this is already the day later that the eye is, he's still squinting? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd say, uh, you know, that would definitely be a timeline that I'd, I'd get the baby to the veterinarian. I just don't like, there's some situations where it's good and there's a lot of tips you can do at home, but there's that point where we cross the line where we are maybe not doing the, pet, the best by them if we're delaying seeing the veterinarian. And, and I'd have to say this, this warrants a call uh, to get the baby in. So... Tell your mama that I said. <laughs> Gotta go. Thanks for your okay. thanks for your call, Alan. Once again, it has just flown by. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, and hopefully you'll do it again next week. I want to thank Clarissa Black, Will Hawkins, and Ace Collins for all coming on the show. Don't forget, you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Listen to the show anytime you want. Ask your questions of the Dream Team. Browse our resources. It's a free download. Go do it now, and have yourself a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.